You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Brett. And I'm Steven. And we are the, the Broadway, Broadway Husbands. Husbands. We're an all-American married couple making their living in the arts and pursuing a growing family. On the Broadway Husbands podcast, we offer advice from our ordinary lives under extraordinary circumstances. We are living proof that you can love who you love and love what you do. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss our weekly episodes. And if you really love us... Make sure you leave a review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram at Broadway Husbands. And check out the Broadway Podcast Network. We are proud members of BPN. You can go to bpn.fm backslash husbands to check out our podcast and array of other Broadway-themed podcasts. The Broadway community needs your support right now. And you can also check out Broadway Life Apparel, where we have beautifully designed apparel themed towards Broadway. You'll love it. It's witty, it's fun, and it's created by us. Go to broadwaylifeapparel.com. Well, it's... We didn't really plan, like, a very, like, thorough podcast because we actually thought this episode we would just kind of catch up on what's going on it was world mental health week last week last week and and they also announced an extension of the broadway shutdown and i also celebrated 16 years sober and steven had celebrated 14 years sober the week so we thought you know maybe it's a good time to just talk about mental health because i think probably at this point there's people in our community specifically who may be having a tough time. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, especially now, mental health because of the pandemic and, you know, continued, as it continues, it's, um, you know, it's important to take care of yourself um, in all ways, right? Not just physically, but mentally and spiritually and um Fortunately for, I mean, I'm going to just speak for myself, uh, you know, I, I, um, because, because I've been sober now for 14 years, um, you know, mental health has always, not always, because I, I don't think I would have gotten sober if it was at the forefront of my life. But, um, but because now that I am sober, um, you know, mental health is something that, um, is important to me because without it, uh, all other things kind of fall away. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, my process with mental health is interesting. I, when I was a kid, you know, when I was really struggling with my sexuality, my mom took me to a therapist, but the therapist, well, first, I think we went to a psychiatrist first who put me on like ADD medication. Not that I suffer from ADD anymore. How old were you at the time? Do I have ADD at all anymore, Stephen? Yes, you do. <laughs> what, uh, maybe, maybe you didn't know. Well, how, wait, how old were you at the time? Like 11. 11, okay. And, uh, you know, because my grades were slipping and I was just very distracted. But uh, the therapist, I just remember, like, the first time I went to, like, a psychologist, the therapist was like, what's the problem? And I said, I think I might be gay. And he said, okay, what's the problem? 
<laughs> and my mom didn't like that. So we actually never really committed to ongoing therapy sessions. I remember I would just go check in with a psychiatrist and he'd re-up my medications and that was it. Huh. What do and you talk about with the psychiatrist? Like he would always it's a short session. It right? is. It's really short. Right. We would go in and he would say, How are how are you feeling? How are your grades? How are things going? Um do you feel like the medication's working? Do you need a higher dose? Do you need whatever? Like and that, you were how old at that time? Started at eleven. Yeah, I mean and that's young. I took Ritalin all through high school. I even had it in college, but I was more selective in college. Hmm. Like I would take Ritalin only like for tests or for like studying if I needed to like study if I was having a hard time. But then um I really, in college, somewhere about halfway through college, I just stopped taking any medication at all. Hmm. And then when I graduated, I was really struggling after 9-11. I was very depressed. And I thought, well, I, maybe I need to go see a psychiatrist. And the psych I went to the psychiatrist and he was like, well, what's going on? And I was explaining to him, I'm really depressed. I'm really having a hard time. I don't know how to handle it. He goes, well, do you do drugs and alcohol? And I said, well, yeah. <laughs> and he said, okay, well, what drugs have you done? And I listed off all of the many different drugs that I'd used over the last few months. And he said, well, how often do you do that? And I was like, like every week. And he was like, okay, you need to come back to me when you've got 90 days clean and sober. And I remember leaving that psychiatrist and thinking, how does he have any clients? Because <laughs> everyone, I just thought everyone used the way that I did. And that was really the beginning of my path to recovery because I didn't realize that I was the, the, that blacking out once a week was not something that people do on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was, you know, and I needed to figure out how to handle it better. <laughs> You know, <laughs> well, there's nothing to handle if you're blacked out. I mean, how do you handle that? Well, no, I just thought like, well, maybe I didn't eat at the right time or maybe I just maybe it's it's gin instead of oh, vodka or yeah. maybe it's like it was the wrong combination of things. And then I won't black out. Got it. Oh, right? yeah, that's what you mean. OK. Right. Yeah, yeah, but like then that. and it was interesting, like that time, I just wasn't really willing to. And that really is what it comes down to, willingness, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be willing to want to get to do the work and right. and to get healthy. And so I started, I called the Actors Fund. So big plug really? to the Actors Fund. Hmm. Someone had suggested call the Actors Fund. They're like, that's what they're for. And I was like, but I'm not, I'm not like, I at that time, I wasn't like homeless, crawling on the street. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. So why should I call the, the Actors Fund? Which is so silly to think about at this time but right. i think we all have this idea that if you need help you have to be like, like on the brink right of... bleeding from your eyeballs and like that i just wasn't that i was managing it but it was torture right and so i called the actors fund and i said i need a therapist and so the social worker there helped me find my therapist and actually, it was somebody else I had done a show with. It was Josh Prince, actually, who said this to me. He said, I see therapy like I go to the gym for my body and I go to therapy for my mind. Hmm. Yeah. Right? And mm -hmm. it's just about 
routine maintenance. Yeah. Because otherwise the gravity of the earth will do its thing and your body will totally slump if you don't work out. <laughs> or like the voices in your head the will take head over will and take become over. stronger exactly. than the... <laughs> So I started with my therapist and I remember we I would have these sessions and, and I'm still I'm still with this therapist. I mean, we still have weekly sessions. And I remember I just had so much guilt and shame around my sexuality from growing up in the South and the stuff that had been taught to me. And I had so much guilt and shame about abandoning my family and my brother Eric and the stuff that I just hadn't really worked on because, and having a twin brother and the separation of that, there was a huge abandonment issue with that. That's the stuff I just hadn't worked on. I hadn't talked about and and it was definitely, I was drowning away the feelings through mm. drugs and alcohol. And I would go into these sessions and be like, oh, I blacked out again. And he'd be like, do you think you have a drinking problem? And I'd be like, no, it's my parents. It's the, the it's being gay or whatever. And he finally said, if you don't have a drinking problem, well, why don't you just not drink for like 30 days and see how you feel? And how did that sound to you? That <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a long time, right? When you're... Right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, 30 days. I, I mean, even now. I think I made it seven days and then I had like a glass of wine. Right. And then I was like, shoot, okay, I'm going to try again. And then I was smoking weed. Right. And then I was like, oh my God, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with me? Right. I really, it really started to open my eyes up to the sort of powerlessness I had over drugs and alcohol. Right. And so... I started going to meetings and that changed my life. That turned everything around. I committed 100%. I went to meetings every day for like the first, at least the first five years of my program. I was a daily meeting maker and sponsored people. And I committed one day at a time. And I learned so many amazing things around relationships and people and I mean the, the the people you meet in the rooms are just so great so great because, because everyone's starting every, with honesty right and who they are they have to otherwise they're to gonna die and trying to live and yeah and the honesty was just so refreshing and so gratifying to be able to get real clear about my feelings and to be able to know that I could be in a room with people who weren't didn't have ulterior motives they mm-hmm. weren't trying to like hire me or sleep with me mm-hmm. or they were just there to listen and mm-hmm. hold space and right. that was so refreshing and that was 16 years ago that's crazy 16 years wow it's, it's so long but not yeah i'm sure it's flown by because i know 14 years for me is like happened like that i mean one day at a time um my journey i, I don't know that I ever saw a therapist as a, a youngster. Um, I may have needed one, but I never saw one. Um, you know, I, I moved away from home when I was pretty young and I was 12 turning 13 and I had a lot of, um, you know, really like major homesickness um, feelings um, when I was, you know, a young teen, like 12 to 14, you know, I was terribly homesick. Um, and, you know, you know, I just, I think 
part of my dealing with those feelings was, um, you know, wanting to fit in with the kids that I went to school with. Um, and I was younger than everybody else. And, um, so I just wanted to be around people all the time. And, um, so the people that I was around were, you know, all of them were at least two years older than me. And, um, so I was hanging out with them and I did what they did. And, um, I started drinking pretty young and, you know, in the beginning it was, you know, just fun, um, you know, mild consequences and just, you know, kind of being reckless on the weekends and, and, you know, it was kind of that way for a long time. And then as I got older, um, I started allowing myself to do other things, um, to do, to use drugs that I swore I would never do before. And, um, so that started when I was like 20. So then from like the age of 20 to 26, when I got sober, um, it was just kind of like a cycle of really getting out of control, being super, um, powerless and um, my life was really unmanageable so it was like a cycle of being like going into this crazy dark hole and then trying to like pull myself back out of it to um, be able to work um, and uh, what then started to happen was that because I had like lay layoff times during the year, like I had specific um, amounts of time off during the year, that was when I would my addiction would get like really crazy because I had no structured time. And so then what would happen was like, I would start to go back to work and I couldn't um, pull myself together. Or then I would pull myself together and then two weeks in, you know, it would creep back in and it was like constantly this juggle of me trying to... Um, maintain my life while um, not letting the addiction just totally destroy me is really what was happening. And um, so I would go through phases where things were great and then I would go through phases where I was hiding, um, you know, a crazy drug addiction and tr sort of getting through it. But I, I had a lot of um, consequences early on when I was like, I guess I was 21. So it was like all started really quickly. <laughs> I mean, it escalated very quickly. So the first time I was ever introduced to um, any kind of therapy at that time was um, I, I started going to out, outpatient rehab. So that was kind of, I guess, my first real introduction to therapy. And I, I think at the time, maybe I had tried to go to like one or two AA meetings, but I wasn't really convinced that I had a drinking problem. Like I knew that I had a problem, but I, I don't know like what I thought it was. I don't think I was convinced that it was drugs or alcohol. But anyway, so that was like my first introduction to therapy was... Uh, Were you like game? Were you like in it? Um, the very first time I went... I don't know that I was game, but I was, I was, I felt like I had to do it to keep my job at the time. And, um, and so I was willing a little bit, I definitely had a little bit of willingness because I was so desperate and I was so scared that I was going to lose everything that I did what they told me to do. Um, and at that time that was to stay sober, um, completely, they called it 
it wasn't it wasn't a um, an AA or sobriety pro. I mean, it was a drugs and alcohol program, but they called it just being abstinent, and um, there was no um, spiritual program. It was just an outpatient um, group, and um, so I kind of basically white knuckled it for like. <laughs> I think I lasted, definitely I lasted 30 days for sure. Do you think you were self-medicating when you were using? You know, for a long time I used to think that I was. And I think to an extent, um, maybe I was. But I also think that it's kind of like who I, I would have been even if I wasn't in that situation. And I also think... Um, I don't, I, it's hard to say because when you start drinking at a young age, hmm. it becomes a habit, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like I had a habit and whether or not um, I was doing it to cover up like emotions or not is hard to say because I definitely at times had really terrible like abandonment feelings and a, like a lot of really, uh, you know, like an upset stomach. I used to have an upset stomach all the time. Like that was like my, um, my feeling that I felt. And, but I don't, uh, but I don't, I didn't necessarily drink, um, when I had that upset stomach because I wasn't necessarily able to. So I, I think at, you know, part of it was that. And I think also part of it is like a, that I was, and I was prone to be a drug addict and alcoholic cause that's what I am. And then mm -hmm. also I think, it's because I created this habit so early on that the habit was there and I am, I am an addict in who I am. So then it created this cycle and it just progressed. You yeah. know, and I think yeah. that that's, that's why it happened, you know, because, because I am who I am and I was doing what I was doing. Um, yeah. So, um, but fast forward again, like, so that's kind of how I was introduced to it. Um, and then at one point, before I really got sober, I, I did go to a therapist and I was going and like a total disaster. <laughs> like I was like, I remember going. Oh, right. I remember I this. was a total disaster. You told me this. I would go after I had been like, you know, not sober for a while. And I would go and just cry because I was still coming off of things and, uh, you know, just making mistakes left and right in my life and just feeling horrible. Um, so that wasn't a good therapy situation. Um, and then eventually, <laughs> because my life consequences were so big, um, I agreed to go um, into inpatient rehab. And um, so that was where like my journey, um, obviously with um, sobriety and, um, and therapy really started. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I did, I, the only time I've seen a psychiatrist was one time, um, in, in rehab because I had such bad anxiety, um, when I was first getting sober that I was convinced I needed, um, you know, I needed something and I, and I don't know if I really did or not, or if it was just like the addict in me being like, well, I need to be on something like this is ridiculous. You know, uh, I think it was a little bit of that. I think I, I wanted something. I just wanted, I wanted them to give me something that wasn't, you know, me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, so I went to the psychiatrist and he suggested, he did mention some medications and I honestly can't even remember what they were, but they were anti-anxiety. And then he mentioned the side effects and the side effects to me at the time, <clears throat> the side effects were, well, if you take these, there's a possibility that you're going to gain weight and that your um, sex drive will go down. <laughs> 
and, and for me, I said, okay, well, then I'm okay. <laughs> like, literally, I was in an impatient, and that's what the doctor said to me. And I looked at him, and I was like, well, I'll just, I'll just deal with it, and we'll see. We'll just see. We'll just see. Because I was like, well, I don't want to get fat. I'd already gained, I already thought, like, I'd gained so much weight being there. I was like, oh, my God. Well, because I needed to gain weight, A. But, like, um, you know, so I was just, like, against it. Um, and then, you know, when I got out, I my mental health journey really began because I saw a therapist regularly. I was in an outpatient group regularly for like a year and a half. I also saw a social worker at the Actors Fund, which is interesting. I, I always forget about that. Um, so I had all of these um, pillars to keep me, help guide me through my path. Um, and you know, in the 14 years uh, with therapy, I've I've continued it and discontinued it and continued it and discontinued it. And I'm currently with somebody um, who somebody I see who weekly. Somebody we started meeting Actually, yeah, as, saw, a couples as a couples therapist. <laughs> yeah. And she is just awesome. But, you know, so I think that what's really amazing to hear about all of this is, like, if you're feeling like you're struggling and you're trying to figure out how to balance it. You just don't have to do that alone. And I find for me at this time where I'm at with my mental health journey, I fluctuate in and out of really great self care and then like moderate self care. Like I fluctuate between like, sometimes I'm really great. I'll meditate and work out. And because working out really does get the serotonin up for me and gets my, like, juices flowing, makes me feel better about myself. It gets me connected to my body. Mm. If I do something physical and if I do something that, you know, I, I say with my clients that is, like, contemplative. So if I'm journaling or if I'm meditating or if I'm doing something that makes me look inward. Right that centers me in a way that helps me really get through the day. And it's a daily, it's a daily practice. And sometimes I'm great about it. And sometimes I'm great about like putting it all in the pot. Like (laughs) I want the copy to do it for me. Yeah. And it doesn't, you know, it it can though. It can help. The coffee can help. The coffee helps. Right. It's not true. It's yeah, it's true. (laughs) Um, So, but I, I definitely still suffer from ADD and I definitely have bouts of small of depression with this lowercase d and um and those you know I've learned through therapy and through talking about it and being open about it and asking for help how to manage it and I don't currently take any medication for my mental health Um, not that you shouldn't, but I found for me, especially having had addictive, uh, a story of addiction that I don't like to take the medication. I would like to learn how to manage my attention deficit disorder, um, through natural ways if possible. And if at any moment it feels like it's too much or it's consuming, I can always get help in that way. And my therapist and I have really been able to, I think, to manage it pretty well. I'm so, there's definitely better weeks than others, don't you think? Yes. <laughs> Poor Steven. But I, um, but I'm definitely productive, more productive than I've ever been. And 
I def but I definitely put a lot of pressure on myself and I think that that really comes from this constant distraction of wanting to do too many things at once which mm -hmm. I think is part of the ADD but yeah um agreed <laughs> but Stephen you know what what about you where are you at in your state of uh, your mental health state um you know it's interesting I I find that I'm I'm okay. I'm pretty good. I I feel good about this therapist that I'm seeing now, and it's been really helpful because I think I'm at this point. Um, being sober, um, when, or when I got sober, I felt like because I was so my life changed so easily. Not easily, because it wasn't easy, but like my shift of personality it turned around was so um it happened i guess it happened swiftly right it's like i put the drugs and alcohol down i made changes and like i became you know somebody who i actually liked you know and i i was able to do all the things that i was supposed to do and wanted to do and um but i, I feel like because um you know of sayings like you know I felt like there wasn't room for me to be upset if I was upset. So um, I feel like for a long time I've kind of um, put forth um, always a happy face. And I'm not saying that I'm not always happy, but I feel like uh, because I've like been a performer and a ballet dancer and then you add in this new layer of like, and now I'm sober, so I should always be grateful, right? Mm. And I feel like because of that feeling, like I feel like uh, I've pushed some of my true emotions down for a long time, and not, I'm not, and it's not even that deep, right? I'm just saying, like, I'm quick to just be like, yeah, I'm fine, I'm good, I'm good, yeah, I'm great, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this self-talk of just being um, pepping myself up and like talking myself off the edge or or whatever, which is not a bad thing. But I think what's happened over time is that. Um, I am i don't always go with my um, gut instinct on things sometimes. I just kind of try and see the best in everything, which is not a terrible thing either. It's just, it's not always being true to myself and letting my true emotions through, um, if that makes any sense. Um, so I feel like what, what where I'm at now is, is that I'm just trying to continually connect um, my true self with... Um, how I actually present myself or what I actually do or, or the choices I make. Um, and like really, um, but what's like, what are you working on right now with your therapist? Like what's your, what's your, like, are you having anxiety with everything going on and you're working on that? Are you feeling, um, no, it's a, it's, it's like more about not being like, how are you, Steven? I'm good. I'm right. really, really good. Really I'm so good. Real. Oh my God. Like, oh my God, this is happening and this is happening. And yeah, I mean, it's good. I mean, it's fine. I mean, but how do I really feel about it? Or, or how do you and really what feel do I, moment? Yeah. How do I, what do I really want? Right. I mean, mm. I think I have a hard time. Uh, I, I might have like a gut instinct about what I really want. And then I have 
the other voice inside me that's like, well, you can't do that. You should just do this because it'll make this, this, and this happen and this person happy and this, you know, it's like all these other things. And instead of going with what, what it is that Steven really wants, you know, it's anyway, so that's kind of like what I'm working on now is that continued, like, um, I guess it's truth, right? It's like, Honesty, by honesty your about my emotions and about where I'm at. That's like, good. It's super, and it's hard because I, and I, and I blame it on sobriety. No, I mean, I, I, I think there's a part of me that like felt like, well, now I'm sober. I have to be just like always grateful, always grateful, and always kind of perfect. Because mm. um, now I'm sober, I have no excuse. Like before, I had an excuse. I was fucked up, you know, like. Um, but now I don't have an excuse. Like I, I should be doing everything perfect and, um, and making yeah. all the right decisions. I'm always afraid I'm going to make a decision and then regret it when meanwhile, most <laughs> there, it's either fine or fine or good or good. You know, there's no like bad decision that's going to, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. It's and hard. I think that what's also interesting too, I want to say this is like when I first got sober, I thought, well, there goes my career. Because the only way I connected with people was drinking and so much of socializing in the industry is like going to Glasshouse Tavern or going to like, at the time it was vintage. Um, or That's so vintage. <laughs> or like going to bars and meeting with people and I thought, well, how am I going to connect? And what's interesting is that <clears throat> I didn't get my first Broadway show till after I got sober. And I don't, and, and the people that I had connected with in the rooms, I connect with on such a deeper level that our connection and our friendship isn't about the business at all. Yeah. The business is just this thing that we do outside of it. And, it, and I never really figured that out until I got sober. And I wonder if for you, if that's like a similar thing in a different way, of course, having been a dancer at City Ballet you connected with all these people, right? Um, Especially when you're so young. Yeah, I mean, well, it's interesting because, like, I connected with all the people that I danced with and worked with. Um, but for me, uh, my my addiction had gotten so out of control that I, in order to, <laughs> it was like the opposite. In order for me to have a career, <laughs> I had to. Um, safely distance myself not from you know workers but just from situations and from being as social um because i just i wasn't able to do it um it wasn't it wasn't in my life it couldn't be in my life anymore because if it was i wouldn't be able to work um because i had proven that i could i was unable to work i was unable to show up um and then you know that was when i was in new york city ballet but and then as i got more time and um you know i was able to obviously be social in a different way um but yeah but i didn't feel i wasn't worried about my career because my career was <laughs> like uh falling apart when i was doing um what i was doing so so i was just so grateful that i was able to like just always show up and do what I was finally supposed to do <laughs> um, without 
now the only issue is like my head, right? You know, then that's why the mental health is so important to take care of. Yeah. So if you're struggling with mental health issues, which I think a lot of people are right now, considering the election and <laughs> the, pandemic the pandemic and the state of our industry. Yeah. There is no reason to be shy and not reach out to somebody and ask for help. Highly recommend the Actors Fund. They have, uh, if you go to their website, they have a social work website where you can do an intake and you take a phone call with a social worker and it's free and they'll talk to you and they'll help you figure out a plan. Yeah. Um, you're not alone. There's a lot of people feeling that way. If you're struggling with addiction, there's places to go. There's websites and all you gotta do is first letter in the alphabet, look up aa.org. Um, <laughs> you know, there's ways to do that and it, there's no shame in it. People um, make incredible lives. We met each other in the rooms. So grateful if I hadn't found that program, I wouldn't have found you um, and we wouldn't have this podcast. Ah, uh, that's right. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's super important that we help each other right now. Don't let other people help you. If you can, you're, you're doing them a favor by letting them help you. And in return, you get help yourself. And, uh, we are so grateful that you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. We, um, uh, what else do you want to say? Yeah. I mean, we're so grateful that you listen to the podcast <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, like Brett was saying, if you, if you need help, ask for it. Um, or if you see somebody in your life that you think might be struggling, um, try and talk to them and try and make them feel comfortable enough that they can actually talk to you and maybe you you can help them and maybe you can't but maybe you can help direct them to someone or to a place that can help them right because like we're not always equipped to help each other but we can often direct each other to a place that can and um you know, I like that quote people post a lot. It says, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. I need to start listening to that to myself. I think I'm always like, well, I just, I'm good. I'm great. I mean, everything's fine. I mean, I have all the, like, whatever, you know, I have food and a roof and, but yeah. Yeah. All right. And we are so grateful for you. Make sure you come say hello on Instagram. Leave us a review on the, whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. And we'll see you guys next week and on the Broadway Husbands Podcast. And remember to love who you love and love what you do. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org, because only together we rise.